Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. You know, it uh, it said that uh, today the majority of kids in school end up working in careers that, that don't even exist yet. And it's it's kind of funny how fast things change, especially with the capabilities of technology. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And today on Chicago's Legal Latte, we're going to take a look at uh, a business that may have existed in another form in years past, but has certainly evolved and exploded to create a, a fast-growing industry. We're going to be talking about food service trucks. Now, What's interesting about the discussion, I, I think, is that um, it will provide us with a view of how governments and municipalities do or, let's say, maybe in some cases don't adapt to handling a new type of business. We'll, we'll kind of get a sense for that as we talk to my guest, Attorney Kelly Anderson of Lavelle Law Limited. We're going to focus our attention specifically on the city of Chicago as an example and how they're managing this new service industry and, and whether or not they're keeping up with the, the strong consumer demand that suddenly exists for these trucks. So, Kelly, just absolutely fascinating topic. I'm glad you're available to talk to us about it today. How are you? Thanks. I'm great. Thanks so much. You know, entrepreneurs just love to, to jump on new growth industries, and, and quite frankly, it looks like food trucks seem to be just that. Um but these individuals, you know, need to be forewarned with this business or really any other business before they make a financial commitment to, to capital and human resources that, um, you know, any business requires some sort of licensing and, and regulatory conditions before they get into it. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and Chicago in particular with the new food truck industry. I mean, Chicago is such a foodie town, but um, for whatever reason, Chicago has been sort of behind the times in terms of the laws regarding the food industry. Um, up until they amended the law in 2012, food actually couldn't even be cooked on these trucks. So... Um, in 2012, they amended the law, and people were very hopeful that, you know, things would change. There was also, or there is also, a restriction that um, trucks can't operate within 200 feet of any restaurant, and the hope was that that would get taken out of the law. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. The only thing that they changed about the law is that they allowed you to be able to cook on board the trucks. Yeah, well, but, yeah, there's the, a lot of different – let's let's break that down because there's a couple of different things sure. to look at here. You know, going back in time, I, I remember these, you know, small trucks that serve coffee and, and maybe some, you know, sandwiches wrapped in, in cellophane at construction sites. But when we talk about food trucks now, we're they're talking about something that goes well beyond that, correct, this new industry Ab- that's popped absolutely. up? Absolutely. Yeah, there's, you know, lots of specialty trucks. There was a company that was very popular called the Schnitzel King. There's, you know, Cupcakes – for courage, there's all sorts of uh, taco specialty taco food trucks. There's a, I know there's one out here in the suburbs that's a specialty grilled cheese truck. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there, there's a wide variety. It's just, it's not just coffee and you know hot dogs anymore. Yeah, and and essentially, you you sort of alluded to this. I, I guess I, I have to be careful with definitions here, but really, these these things have almost become restaurants on wheels. They're they're movable restaurants at this point. Absolutely. Yes. Um, You're able to, I mean, obviously there's tight restrictions by the city of Chicago, but you can, you know, prepare all sorts of food and and sell it from your truck. But, 
the unfortunate thing is that 200-foot rule in the city of Chicago where you've got, you know, restaurants, several restaurants on almost every block, and that prohibits food trucks from virtually everywhere downtown. And if you violate that rule and you're within 200 feet, um, the the fine is as stiff as $2,000. So that's, you know, something you have to be very, very careful about. Yeah, and you know, as you mentioned, Chicago is legendary for its for its restaurants, and it's a great source of uh, of revenue for the for the city. Um, is this an instance, and, and perhaps you're not close enough to it to say, but is this an instance of a city trying to protect an established industry, or as maybe you mentioned earlier, just simply being behind the times and, and not being prepared to catch up to what the industry has become? <laughs> You know, I, I can't say for sure, but there's certainly a lot of speculation, and I'm sure the restaurant owners and industries have, you know, some some influence on on politicians in the city of Chicago. So I would not be surprised if, you know, the it was heavily heavily influenced by, um, you know, restaurateurs. All right. So let's talk about the rule there about 200. You can't operate within 200 feet of a restaurant. That certainly very restricting. Is this something that you've seen? Uh, you mentioned heavy fines. Is this uh, obviously something police are looking for? It's not like you can hide these trucks, so I assume that this is a no, no, you absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and I don't think that there's probably too many violations. In fact, another portion of the law that they also added in 2012 is that all of these trucks must have a GPS device in them that tracks their every move. So, you know, they really can't hide in, mm-hmm. on, on many levels. So um, that's another, you know, that's another expense that they're putting into these trucks um, and, you know, they're being severely restricted on, on where they can go. And, and it also under the law, it's interesting, stores like 7-Eleven and Walgreens are even considered restaurants under the statute. Really? So can't park within 200 feet of a 7-Eleven. Wow, that's very interesting yeah. uh, designation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it, it's very, you know, it's complicated because I think with a restaurant, let's go back to just a traditional restaurant, um, most municipal health departments have very strict codes regarding how food is stored, how it needs to be handled, how it can be prepared and served. Um, does does the city of Chicago uh, have restrictions or rules about the type of food or food handling out of these trucks? Yeah, I mean, it, it these trucks have to go through sort of the same inspection that a restaurant would. In other words, they go through all the uh, inspections from the Department of Public Health. So there's the city of Chicago actually does have some um, free assessments that the Department of Public Health and the fire department and, and various entities will go and inspect your truck to make sure that it's approved. Um, but, yes, it's it's definitely regulated by the same things that a restaurant would be. Um, certainly enjoying my, my conversation with the attorney Kelly Anderson, as I always do, and as, as much as it's great to hear from her on the podcast, uh, we don't get to do it often enough, but you can always uh, catch some of her work in written form at LavelleLaw.com. Um, and among her, her recent articles, a very informative recap on, on keeping personal and work email separate, a, a topic which has certainly been in the news lately. Uh, the, the website LavelleLaw.com recently also went uh, went through a bit of an upgrade, and in addition to uh, hundreds of past podcasts and articles, uh, there's a new video library covering legal topics that's starting to take shape there, and you can meet Kelly and all the attorneys uh, on the site, find out about various practice groups and such. Uh, so I recommend when we're done here, people might want to move over there and take a look. Now, when we talk about this type of business specifically, Kelly, it, it, 
you know, aside from the capital investment, which must much be, you know, significant to get one of these vehicles rolling, um, whether you lease or buy it, um, what should an aspiring vendor know about the costs associated with licensing and operating one of these in the city of Chicago? Right. And, and just as you said, from, from what I've read, that these trucks themselves, you know, if you get a secondhand truck, you're looking at at least twenty to $30,000. A new truck, you know, outfitted could be up to $75,000. But the licensing itself to get, um, they actually, there's a distinction made between a mobile food dispenser and a mobile food preparer. And there is also, I believe, a uh, dessert vendor. And they have different licensing fees. The mobile food preparer has the most expensive because they're the ones that are preparing everything on the truck. And that's a $1,000 two-year license. The mobile food dispenser who prepares everything sort of off-site but merely heats it up on board um, is a a $700 fee, and I believe the dessert fee is $275. Then you also have to get a fire safety permit, which is another $100, a fire suppression system, um, the GPS you have to have, and apparently you can... um, rent one of those. There are services out there where you can rent a GPS and pay a certain amount a month. Um, Or if you buy your own GPS, I've seen that it could run up to $16,000, the kind that they need. So yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not insignificant. So you you list all that. And as I said, we we talked about, uh, you know, the capital investment and, and, and the labor that goes with it. uh, As well as the supplies, the food that they're putting into it. See, it's a boy, it's, it's really expensive. It's happening so often and with such great regularity, it, it has to be assumed then that there's still a very promising business model there in terms of revenue. You know, I think that I think there are some that are very successful and who have probably staked out spots. But I will tell you that um, the Schnitzel King, which was a very, very popular food truck um, around the University of Chicago, uh, the Hyde Park campus, because of the restrictive rules that happened in 2012, they ended up filing a lawsuit along with um, another truck owner, and the name escapes me, um, challenging the rule and the GPS requirement, which I believe the case is still pending, but they shut down and they moved to North Dakota. So um, it hasn't been successful for everyone. But, you know, it's booming in other cities, Los Angeles, Austin, Portland, and I think it's booming there because there are just far less restrictions. Yeah, and I'd heard that Austin was a was a great market for this, and I've seen it in other cities as I've traveled. You see a a park in the metropolitan area at, at noontime, just surrounded, you know, the entire block with these, with these various trucks. So uh, there must be a good upside there. Um, now, someone who listening to our conversation today maybe or have, has looked into this, um, what's your recommendation about the best way to, to go about getting involved and in dealing with the city to make sure that before you start, you know, what you have to do and how to do it the right way? Well, I mean, everybody these days can get on online and Google, but I think, you know, the laws here are pretty complicated and there's a lot there's a lot of, you know, steps in your checklist to do this that you should definitely talk to an attorney to make sure that you've, you know, crossed your T's and dotted your I's um, and, and just make sure that you're aware of everything before you go in and, and expend all this money on, on this um, because it is it can be very restrictive and the penalties are steep if you, uh, if you don't do what you're supposed to do. And do you have a sense for a new vendor who's, who's looking to start the process, what, how much time they should allot themselves to go through the uh, licensing process or is it merely a form submit and stamp approval? 
You know, I, I I suspect, and and I don't know this for sure. Um, you know, if you get if if you sort of get yourself prepared and then go through the free assessment, um, then I would imagine it would just be two to three weeks to to get it all set up. Um, but you've got to do all the prep work beforehand. Yeah, and that obviously is is a major uh, major concern, and and obviously right. uh, as we've talked about today, uh, a lot to be done. Anything else we should. Uh, know about this industry. You mentioned one lawsuit already. Um, anything else you've seen in the last year or two or we should be aware of that might be coming or should, might be changing well, in, in regard to these? I was just to say, there was one thing that I missed, um, that if there's there's another requirement in the law that once you have a spot staked out and you put your truck there and you start selling stuff, you can only be there for two hours. <laughs> you have to oh. move after two hours. So um, that's another kind of... Uh, Restriction that everybody should know about because they can't just stay there. They got to keep moving. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess that's why they're on wheels and. Uh, yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, they should also make sure that they have the right kind of insurance in place. You know, they're going to need. Uh, they're going to need commercial liability insurance, and they might need restaurant insurance. So, they need to make sure they have that in place as well. Well, um, you know, for everyone who. Uh, at this point, is considering themselves a uh, aspiring chef and entrepreneur. That's a very quick look at what you might encounter trying to get into the food truck business, specifically here in Chicago. Uh, I'm sure you've got a lot more questions, but we don't have any more time. So let's say that uh, the best suggestion is to give Kelly Anderson a call. Uh, Kelly can be reached at 847-705-7555 or kanderson at lavellelaw.com. Uh, I know that uh, she will be uh, very responsive and helpful. And uh, be sure to reach out to her and uh, get uh, the information you need. I think it's all going to be very uh, helpful and certainly look forward to seeing more and more of these uh, pop up throughout the city. Uh, That's it for today. Appreciate everyone being here, and we look forward to having the opportunity to talk to you again on a future episode. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.